It's time for the 3304 Sports Podcast with your hosts, Dan Steinbeck and Cole Born Bergstrom. Welcome into the 3304 Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Steinbeck. Joined alongside me is Cole Bjorn Bergstrom. Uh, a little bit earlier in the week than we're used to recording and dropping a new episode of the podcast. In fact, the most recent episode of the podcast you can check out uh, on Spotify and Anchor, the 3304 Sports Podcast, uh, last episode. Talked a little bit of uh, some NFL news at the end of the show, a little bit of NFL draft, talked a little about the MLB, but the middle part of the show, we talked a little bit about the Champions League that was going on. Um, and I guess that you could consider this an update because something major just happened in the past 24 hours. We are recording this on Monday, uh, April 19th. Colby, I want to welcome you in and I want to get you to kind of be our, you are our guide today on this world of major news in the sport world. Uh, big soccer news. I'm not the soccer guy here, so I'm going to give you a lot of the reins today. Uh, I want to welcome you in. How are you? How are you? Oh, I think you, we'll, we'll talk about that more, but I think you know how I'm feeling with all this. Basically what I'll, what I'll say to start is good Lord. And <laughs> I'll even also add to that is, as I said in the last pod, I am so happy to talk with people about, uh, soccer, football, whatever you want to call it. And I'm, I'm happy to be able to talk a lot about it, but this, this wasn't quite the scenario that I thought I'd be talking about it next. So. Yeah, not as joyous as a uh, event as you may have hoped for. <laughs> Nowhere close to as, uh, as joyous of an event. You are absolutely right. All right. So what we're talking about yesterday was the big news uh, coming out of Europe that 12 major clubs from various uh, major leagues over there uh, are forming together to become what is known as the Super League. Um, and from there, I mean, there's a lot of opinions on this. Uh, I want to, Colby, I'm, I'm going to let you kind of just break down everything that's come out uh, ever since this announcement was verified, uh, ever since this vote took place. Uh, so just run with it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the reins. Be, be my guide on this perilous journey that we are taking. So if, you guys have not been able to be on social media over the past 24 hours. If you have not been able to go into Sky Sports, if you have not watched what actually is currently going on as we're recording this, the Liverpool versus Leeds United game where they're surely talking about it, then you may not have heard about the new, as Dan introduced you to, Super League. Uh, it is a league that's been proposed by uh, 12 of the richest teams in world football. Those teams being the Premier League, quote-unquote, Big Six, which traditionally have been Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea, and Arsenal. As well as you have big teams from Spain in both Real and Atletico Madrid and Barcelona, as well as both of the teams from Milan in turn AC, as well as Juventus. Um, these teams have come together, and it seems like it's been a lot of kind of secretive almost plotting with this and suddenly yesterday announced this super league that's going to be coming out a lot of teams already posting articles um and there's so like a lot of those teams are already supporting their articles in support of this league i think there's a couple teams that didn't put it on their media but that doesn't really matter it's known that they're a part of it um the concept of this super league is it's something that would be taking place at the same time as domestic competitions 
where these teams would be playing uh, football midweek. Uh, and you would have 12 teams that play, I think, like basically a regular season throughout the year until the end of the season, where I think eight of those 12 teams would then be able to compete in a tournament where then the winner would be crowned the winner of the Super League for that season. If that sounds familiar, it's because it sounds pretty darn close to what the Champions League is, just restrictive with the amount of teams that's in it. Um, But for more updates on this as well, currently the league is meant to be able to fit and quote 15 founder clubs. That's what these 12 clubs are considered founder clubs, um, which are clubs that I think are going to be able to consistently be able to get funds for this league to be able to, you know, try to compete in the league still. And yesterday it was rumored that teams from Germany and uh, France and then one team from Portugal we're looking into it, but as of reports today stand, the big teams from uh, the Bundesliga in Bayern Munich, uh, Red Bull Leipzig, and uh, Borussia Dortmund have all said that they are not going to be a part of it, as well as FC Porto, the team from Portugal, have also said they are not going to be a part of it. I don't think there's been specific confirmation from uh, PSG, Um However, uh, with where they're in the Champions League, with a quote from one of their players, I, I don't know if they're going to be a part of it. Um, to go specifically into the money, the founder clubs are going to receive 3.5 billion euros in infrastructure and investment plans uh, with COVID and whatnot to you know, fix up whatever they need to do to be able to get players that they need to get. Um, and to overall be able to prepare to get a quick like jump start into this league and make it uh, popular and fast. And one of the things that we'll talk about UEFA's response with this, but one thing where there's a big um, difference between UEFA and uh, the details for the Super League is that the Super League insists that they're going to play alongside other leagues. They, they want this league um basically how sky has been able to report it as well um a lot of the stuff is coming from fabrizio romano Uh, i definitely suggest that you check him out he is probably the best when it comes to football news um as well as recommend sky sports they're always great with this type of stuff but as to keep going here sky sports has suggested um that this would be a replacement for the champions league I've already said the structure sounds similar to the Champions League, minus the fact that it's going to be more games uh, during like a quote unquote season for it. Um, But this is meant to be a replacement for the Champions League where they can still play in the domestic. These clubs insist that they're still going to play in the domestic um, with supposed rumors of, in fact, of uh, Premier League clubs like have no doubt in their mind that the Premier League aren't going to be strong enough to kick them out. So it is a very you know, ballsy quote there from what we've been able to hear. Um, and if you want to know the heads of this new league, the heads of this new league are in fact three owners from the uh, aforementioned clubs. So the chairman of this league is uh, someone who we're going to go into a little bit more, and Florentino Perez, who is the owner of Real Madrid. And he's got two vice chairmen, and Andrea Agnelli and Joel Glazer. Andrea Agnelli owns Juventus, and Joel Glazer owns Manchester United. And if you also remember Joel Glazer's name, it might be because of uh, the Super Bowl that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won this year. And he also 
owns a portion of that team. So the three uh, chairmen of this of this league are the three of the big club founders, essentially. Um, so, I mean, specifically for you, Dan, do you have any surprises for teams that are in this? Uh, do you have any surprises for anything about what I've said thus far? Um, anything along gonna, those lines? Yeah, I'm going to go with no, only because, and again, I don't follow uh, soccer a lot. Mm-hmm. But when I see this, these are definitely recognizable brands. I mean, the Premier League is probably the most well-known brand. And so it makes sense that when you take a look at some of these teams, I mean, six of those teams, what are apparently known as the main six, uh, six of the 12 right out of the gate are Premier League teams. So that makes sense to me. Uh, And then of course, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid. uh, Those are all, I think, pretty big names, at least for non-casual fans, for non-soccer fans. I know that obviously uh, soccer fans that follow the European game a lot more would recognize every single one of these teams. Uh, so in that sense, I'm not, I, I wouldn't say I'm surprised by any of these uh, teams. And like you said, they are the rich ones. So, and I, I want to get to that too, because the reaction from this, I want I want you to go into the reactions for this a lot, because as an outside observer, yeah. I'm seeing a lot of people on the very negative end of this. And one of the reasons would be because these teams are the rich teams. So why don't you go into some fan reaction, some overall reaction, uh, and why, the fact of these being the rich teams is probably such a negative part of this to so many people. Well, yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, so for fan reactions uh, today, specifically uh, the reactions that are specifically noted are, uh, as I, as I mentioned at the start, Liverpool are playing Leeds currently, as we speak, the game's about to wrap up and Liverpool had owners uh, or they had not owners. I apologize. Play uh, fans outside of the stadium protesting against uh, the Super League and calling out their owners and calling out everyone that's in it. So as Liverpool's playing, their own fans are protesting against the club. Um, Let's just keep in mind as well, not the players, not the manager, not the staff. This is the owners. And I'm going to go so, like, that is the key takeaway from this. This is the owners, not the players, not not the players, not the staff, not the manager, owners, period. If you have any criticisms, have criticisms against the owner. Do not have criticisms against the club as it's like as a whole. Continuing though, so Liverpool fans have been protesting today. There are fans outside of Old Trafford, the home of Manchester United, who have also been protesting today um, in regards to this. And this is, I mean, let's keep it real. This is the start of it and it can get much worse. There hasn't really, from what I've seen, there hasn't been any reports of it being bad, but this is something where a lot of fans online, as it was reported yesterday, are very united behind the fact of how horrible of an idea this is. Because as I've mentioned, these are 12 of the richest, if not the 12 richest teams um, in the world. I mean, well, actually it can't be the 12 richest, Bayern Munich's up there, but these are 12 of the richest teams in the world, basically trying to gain more money by making their own league rather than you know fitting in accordance with history and everything and fitting in accordance with the Champions League and UEFA. Um, this is this is a big middle finger to UEFA. That's a lot of what this Super League is. And these billionaire owners saying that we can do what we want, we can do it how we want it, and we can be more successful than you and wipe you, like, you know, wipe UEFA out, which is 
UEFA has had some problems in the past. This is not. This is worse than that. This is this is worse than like structure problems. Um, but if you want other media response, I'm definitely willing to go into uh, manager reactions and player reactions. That's a lot of the stuff that I specifically have here. Uh, if you want, I am definitely down to uh, dive into that, Dan. Uh, you want me to go into that? Go go for it. But right now, I did just pull up uh, some statistics regarding uh, value of these these teams. So as of as I am looking at it right now, uh, I'm seeing a handful of teams here and 11 or 12. Yeah, I think that, that like the point that you made is absolutely true. These 12 teams are up there in terms of their value. Uh, most of them yep. uh, are worth more than a billion dollars uh, in U.S. money. Yep. And so, I mean, when you take a look at the Real Madrids and the Barcelonas and the Man Uniteds, uh, all those teams are up there uh, in terms of sports team value uh, worldwide. And the, I mean, those are top 10 franchises. I mean, those are up there with teams like the Cowboys and the Lakers and Knicks over here who are multi-billion dollar franchises. Uh, so yeah, it yeah. just goes to show you in Europe, like that, that, hand, that this handful of teams that are worth hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, uh, they're teaming up to create this new league here. Yeah, these, these are some of the teams that, I mean, I even learned during uh, the my first class in this, the introduction to sports, uh, sports media uh, last semester. And the, some of these clubs were actually the richest in the world, if not they were the richest at the time. And I think only up there as well as like the Dallas Cowboys and the New England Patriots and whatnot. So, yeah, as you were saying, like uh, multiple of these clubs, I know Manchester United, like about a decade ago, was the uh, club. Like they had the highest value. But now up there you have amongst Dallas and New England, you have still Real Madrid, Barcelona, Manchester United, um, I wouldn't even be surprised if Manchester City's up there at this point. Uh, football organizations, 100% are, you know, like these are most of the richest organiza- uh, football clubs in the world, but they're also some of the richest sports clubs in the world. So, but to get into player reactions here, uh, I have a lot, and I'm going to read through some quotes, and if you have any specific comments uh, for them, I'll leave you a little bit of space, of course, to do so. So first of all, uh, Tony Cruz, who plays for uh, Real Madrid, uh, World Cup winner with Germany back in the 2014 World Cup, um, quoted on his podcast, uh, unfortunately, we players don't decide these things. We're just puppets of FIFA and UEFA. If there were a players union, we wouldn't play the Nations League or Spanish Super Cup in Saudi Arabia. These competitions are intended to absorb everything financially and squeeze players physically too. Everything doesn't always have to be more, faster, more money. I certainly agree with what he said there. Um, do you have any comments? I mean, how, how many of these do you have? And, and because there is some, there's some other uh, tidbits that I would like to throw out regarding players. Mm-hmm. And I want to know if you have any quotes pertaining to these potential rumors regarding this league. Uh, quotes in regards to players... Well, like this, like this. Okay. So, for example, uh, I'm looking at this graphic that was tweeted out by Bleacher Report today uh, regarding all the changes that could be made here. So, you have uh, what clubs are in it, uh, some fan reaction, but then also certain threats regarding, uh, like you said, domestic leagues and how they're going to treat the clubs that are in this new Super League. So, just three bullet points here real quick. Quote, leagues could ban teams from domestic competition if they go ahead with the move. Unquote. Uh, second quote, 
UEFA intends to ban players involved from representing their national teams, end quote. And from that, that means that the World Cup and Euros would be impacted, uh, potentially like the Champions League and uh, the Europa League, which as of now are up in the air with the news surrounding this um, major change. So do you have any quotes related to players on that and their feelings that they might not be able to participate in international competition? Um, I don't think there's anything specifically at this time. However, I was actually going to get into that in UEFA's response. Uh, mostly you were asking, you want to hear some media stuff. So I'm just wanted to give you a lot of the media uh, reaction. Yeah, man, I'm all for it. Go for it. Yeah, so I'll, I'll keep with the media reaction and then we'll come back overall to the league and we'll talk a little bit more about uh, UEFA, uh, UEFA's response in which UEFA is a segment of FIFA. Uh, UEFA mostly covers the uh, European portion of uh, uh, like affairs for soccer. We have another player uh, named Ander uh, uh, Herrera, formerly of Manchester United. Um, I, I want to go through all these quotes in full. I want to go through Tony's definitely. Um, I, I do want to go through under Herrera's though. This is a big one. Um, I fell in love with popular football, with football fans, with the dreams of seeing the team of my heart compete against the greatest. If this European Super League advances, those dreams are over. The illusions of the fans of the teams that are not giants of being able to win on the field and competing in the best competitions will end. I love football and I cannot remain silent about this. I believe in an improved Champions League, but not in the rich stealing what the people created which is nothing other than the most beautiful sport on the planet, which I 100% agree with. I think it's a really well-made uh, uh, response there from Ander Herrera. Uh, big claps to him. He was an amazing player, not only for my club, but has been an amazing player and amazing uh, person throughout his career. Beyond that, uh, I, I'm not going to play it, of course, but Gary Neville had a huge reaction on uh, Sky Sports. I will recommend you all to go into that. Jurgen Klopp today before the Leeds United game specifically said um, something which does not surprise me and most to the slightest that he did not know anything about uh, the Super League. He was not told by upper management or anything that this announcement was going to be made, that they were in the final stages of preparing this, anything along those lines. So Klopp. So it was a lot of backdoor dealing between all these billionaire owners. Absolutely. And that, yeah, basically Klopp and other managers, I think as we go through the week, we're going to figure out, um, they did not know about this whatsoever. These were the billionaires. Basically think of them as bond villains. They were basically plotting in a dark room, chatting amongst one another to try to get this, uh, big, a big thing together that is going to influence them without care of what's going to happen to the fans and the players and the managers and whatnot. Um, continuing the greatest manager of all time, uh, I, I don't think this is a biased one, but formerly Manchester United, of course, Sir Alex Ferguson uh, said that this is a piece of nonsense and has done the reputation of clubs no good and has, in fact, alienated a great many supporters, which is true. I mean, all over football Twitter right now, you have, um, you, you know, you'll have like fan accounts that will troll and whatnot. And all these fan accounts are 100% uniting behind the fact of this is horrible and these Super Leagues are bad. There's some that are even saying that they don't want to support the football club after this because it's how disgusting it's been. Um, uh, and Sir Alex finishes his quote saying that you can't disregard your fans and customers, which I mean, I do certainly agree with. Those are the people that are earning you revenue. Those are the people that like are going to be watching your games, are going to be coming to your stadiums, are going to be buying your merchandise. And 
the fact that you're alienating these people is a horrible thing. Um, Do you mind if I jump in on that? Because I, I, I hear what you're saying. And I think I just need maybe some more. I I understand outrage. I I can totally understand outrage, but at at the same time, I'm wondering what, because again, I'm so far removed from any of this that at the end of the day, like I can't compare any emotional response I get to what Mm -hmm. actual fans of the sport might have. So what I'm trying to do is translate it to, okay, what, what if this happened in a sport that I do follow closely? And I mean, so for anyone else, for anyone listening, who's kind of on my side of the spectrum here, uh, a lot of people have been comparing this to a conversation, which has been going on for a couple of years here, focused around college football and with the whole college football playoff system going around and all the opinions that everyone has, uh, there have been talks, uh, nothing more than rumors or just speculation from the networks, but uh, it's this major what if question on what if the big brands of college football said, we don't need the NCAA. We don't need the FBS. We don't need the college football playoff. We're going to just move on, do our own thing. We can sustain ourselves. We make that much money. Uh, so it, it, there, there, there was a scenario that was put out today by Stuart Mandel, who is a writer for The Athletic. And he made a hypothetical situation where 28 teams from the Power Five, and one of those teams being Notre Dame, would just come together and make their own 28-team league for divisions. Now, in this scenario, Virginia Tech would be one of those top 28 teams uh, that would that's one of those marketable programs, uh, national programs, I suppose, to make this cut. So in that case, I'm trying to, if this hypothetical scenario for college football happened, would I feel as passionately about Virginia Tech being taken out of the ACC and being put into this mega college football league? Uh, I, I just, what is the reasoning behind this anger? Is it loss of traditional rivalries? Is it just a thought of we're mad at owners for trying to make themselves richer and not caring about the integrity of the sport? Where, where do you think that this fan and player and manager uh, outrage is really coming from? Uh, certainly but those two avenues that I think are the biggest. First of all, um, the history of the sport itself, the fact of you have Cinderella teams, um, as you said, you haven't followed soccer as much, but back around, what was it, 2015, 2016, it was the first time in years that England saw a team that wasn't inside the big six win the Premier League. That team was Leicester City. It's a team that was perennially one of the more mediocre teams, and they won the Premier League once. And they've now become a pretty consistent upper mid-table to European qualification contender most years now off of winning the Premier League once. That's that's how that club was boosted. It was a Cinderella story. It's one of the biggest, like, you know, uh, upsets in history for a league. Like, the fact that Leicester was able to win it over teams like Arsenal and Tottenham uh, was incredible. You've never – we haven't seen anything like that. Everyone, like – Everyone in the footballing world, other than maybe the teams who were right behind Leicester, were cheering Leicester on to win the league. Um, and you've had, like, other big things as well. You've had uh, when Monaco won it and PSG lost their, like, eight- or nine-year win streak in France. Um, Juventus this year, I think, are on the verge of losing the Serie A to another one of the teams there. I think it might be one of the Milans. Um, but I haven't kept up with that as well, so or kept up with that as well as I'd like. But you even have like Champions League moments where 
Ajax has made the semifinals, and you'll have moments where Juventus has been upset by three smaller, like way smaller clubs in them, uh, and haven't been able to progress to the Champions League final. I think since they did against Real Madrid when they got squashed four to one. So a lot of this is these big clubs and these billionaires are basically trying to make their own league. Yes, trying to get themselves richer, which is a big thing, but it's in turn, it's going to kill football because as the rich get richer and they don't really have as much of uh, regulation, it seems like, on what they could spend, they could basically buy, start buying out players from other teams and, you know, in turn, buying out their competition, making other smaller teams smaller um, and giving them, like, the, the top, top dogs in the world. Um this is something as where as well to where in the Super League with how it was originally sounded, in which I still I don't think is even fully clear yet, is the fact of you know if they're wanting this to replace the Champions League, is basically hey we're going to be able to compete in this and all the other small teams can't now. What about those other small teams that are able to push as you know as, as far as they've been able to to go in uh, win the Champions League like. those teams are just not going to be able to get that opportunity anymore. Like if the super league was to replace the champions league today, I don't know if we would ever be able to see a Cinderella like miracle ever again in European uh, club competition, which is devastating. It it takes away the front fun of soccer. soccer is supposed to be something where, you know, it's a sport. If you're able to put in the effort, put in the time and make yourself a good team through good coaching and good players and, you know, good strategy, then you can go and win the league. You shouldn't be able to basically buy out a sport. You shouldn't be able to say, we, we don't like winning anymore. We don't like, you know, not making as much profit as we want. You know, like we don't like the billion, you know, the hundreds of millions we're making. We want to make billions of dollars. Then they're going and making their own league because they, they feel like, oh, we aren't making as much as we should. It's, it's ridiculous. Okay, so then let me ask you this. Where, what do you think becomes – so say that these teams are not banned from their domestic leagues. Does this introduction of a Super League widen the gap between these teams at the top versus those teams more towards the middle and the bottom? Because like you said, and like we've been talking about, these teams – like let's look at the Premier League. These six teams in the Premier League that are at this moment looking to join this Super League – Say they are not banned from Premier League play. Does the gap between these six, money uh, money wise, and the gap, the gap between these top six teams and the rest, does that gap become larger with this introduction of the Super League? Do you think? Yes, because even if uh, it, it's been said on Sky Sports, even if like let's say the Super League is able to pass and. Let's say the big six are able to stay in, but they can't make uh, Champions League or Europa League, but they're able to play in the domestic competition. So with with how the Super League is currently set up, the teams that are competing in the Super League would be able to make triple what they're currently able to make in the Champions League. So currently in the Champions League, I think the how Sky Sports phrased it was like Manchester United in any given year of Champions League can make 40 to 80 million euros. Um but in the Super League, you know, they'd be able to make 120 to 240 mil. That's a pretty huge difference. So, so basically, you could win the Champions League. Like Everton, Everton Football Club could go and win the Champions League next year after qualifying for it, 
get so much money and then yet they're still going to be behind every single other one of the other big six teams that just competed that competed in the super league not even winning it they did they just competed and they're still earned less money which is ridiculous to me yeah that does sound ridiculous i mean just so just for being a founding team you're going to get money regardless of your actual season's uh results um so i mean it, it, it that's crazy in itself um there's a couple other things with uefa and then we can talk about florentio perez as well uh the chairman because this is really all on him and or i mean not all on him let's let's be fair it's on all the billionaire owners but florentio let's put, perez let's put it let's put 75 percent. how about that how does that sound for you that, that that sounds great uh and i'm willing to definitely get into florentio perez here because this is crazy um I guess the one piece of uh, news that I haven't added in this new Super League is the broadcasting. And I want you to uh, tell me of these broadcasting, what sounds very familiar amongst them. Um, Amazon, Facebook, Disney, and then the other one's Sky, but it seems like Sky is resenting a lot of this. So I don't know if the uh, Sky News would really want to keep the Super League. Okay, so you're asking me about... um what those streaming services have in common i mean there's there's they can be streaming platforms and uh i guess i, I don't know market numbers but maybe the, the owners the of the that... company are rich out of their minds as well jeff bezos uh okay getting... so you're saying that rich uh Is people the are rich trying to these rich owners are trying to get in the pocket or trying to get in bed with rich corporations that have streaming platforms for them they're riching with like I, I I would assume even richer people here to be able to fund their rich team, um, their rich team league basically. Well, sure. Uh, I mean, I'm th- I'm thinking of it this way. When I whenever I watch or whenever I see international soccer on my TV, I'm usually looking at uh, Fox Sports. Um, but we have to remember Disney is the head of ABC, which of course has ESPN. So I think that that means they're looking to get on ESPN more. Um, And with Amazon and Facebook, I mean, I think it's just the way that a lot of sports are going nowadays. I think they are definitely trying to push uh, streaming platforms and not non-traditional cable channels. I mean, Amazon has the rights now to Thursday night football uh, all to themselves now. So with that being said, I mean, it, may, it makes sense that those are the places they're going for. Um, I mean, what are your opinions on it? What are other people's opinions on it? Because I, I want to know what the whole spin on this thing is. Because looking at it, it's, yes, they could be some interesting choices. But when I break it down, I, I feel like this could be maybe better business, especially because, I mean, I, again, I don't have the numbers, but if you want to broadcast out to an international market, I feel that more American-centric brands uh, distributing your sport and distributing your most popular clubs in your sport would probably be the way to go. I mean, are people denouncing the fact that they're looking at those uh, certain broadcast groups? I, I think it's I think it's more or less that it's not a surprise due to the fact of how you know, as I've said, it, it, this is all about money at the end of the day. And I mean, every sports decision of- to a lot of owners comes down to money because they are yep. billionaires and that's kind of what they do for a living. 
they don't have enough money at every point of their life. Yep. But it's basically just the fact of like, these are some of the richest people in the world. That's kind of who they're collaborating with. They, they aren't, they aren't trying to keep it on a normal platform. Um, I mean, sure. ESPN, if it was actually on, on ESPN, then that's going to keep uh, on regular television. Amazon. I don't know. Do, would, do they own any media network in particular? Uh, I mean, they're, I think they're really trying to push and do their own thing. I think mm-hmm. that this whole Amazon prime, I, I think that they have a channel now. I'm not sure, yeah. but I think they're definitely trying to push that. And this, that whole Amazon prime live streaming thing. Cause I, again, Thursday night football is going to be exclusively on that uh, mm-hmm. starting next season, I believe. So you're going to have to look through your cable package. And if not on your cable, it'll be streaming through the internet. And I think that's where it's, you're starting to go. Cause I mean, we all know the story of uh, cable just not being the preferred method of watching shows anymore. Yep. I mean, we're all streaming stuff. We're all watching live internet, uh, stuff like that. It's just how people are consuming their television differently. So yeah, I don't think the Amazon thing comes as a surprise to me. Um, yeah. In terms of other soccer, I know that NBC sometimes does some stuff, but I don't think they're as big as say Fox sports or an ESPN would yes. be in terms of their outreach. Yes, NBC is huge for soccer, in which I think one of the things that I've read up as well is that the fact of, I think NBC's uh, current contract with the Premier League is ending in 2022. So Yes, and, and uh, like I said, with the streaming platforms, if I'm not mistaken, they were trying to push Peacock, NBC's new uh, streaming platform, to yes. for Premier League uh, games. I think that was a, a way yes. that they were, Pe- I think Peacock they shifted is- most of their yeah. games from live cable two peacock streaming uh it, i i will uh, say for that one i don't think it's most of the games however i think they might have the early morning in the the late afternoon uh on peacock okay uh, i i even remember i think i think it was this past weekend when uh united played i think they were on peacock then if not maybe even as well the weekend before when they played spurs so yes peacock is definitely getting a at the very least, a reasonable portion of the games. Okay. But then to talk about this, because I know you specifically brought this up, and this is crazy to me, but we'll talk about, before we go into UEFA, the chairman of the Super League Committee, Mr. Florentino Perez, the president of uh, Real Madrid, and two big things that I think are 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 you know, big to notice for this. First of all, Florentino Perez brought up the idea of a Super League all the way back in pause, 2009. This has been something that oh, wow. this man's been talking about for 12 years. And, and, and now he's able to try to get it. And it's, I mean, first of all, I, I will mean, say, the fact that he's been able to have a drive for that for 12 years is like good. I mean, I get what you're but, saying this takes a long time to do, but I mean, if we want to draw the parallel again, we could be seeing maybe the infant stages of that with a college football here. Uh, I don't think anyone major has really come out and said it, but I know that some commissioners have voiced their displeasure with certain uh, aspects of the NCAA and the college football playoff in general. So I guess that could be a comparison that this kind of stuff takes time and we could see it creeping up in the future here, but yeah, the fact that someone prominent, I mean, an owner of a team has been talking about it for 
over a decade. Uh, that, well, that, let's not just that say certainly shows something. Team. Owner of basically the biggest team. Or the team. The I got you. Yes. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the, the, where it shocks me is the fact of there's been criticisms of UEFA and FIFA. I'm not saying UEFA and FIFA is, you know, golden child perfect um, by any means. But the fact that Florentino has been talking about this since 2009 and UEFA didn't think, hmm, the president of one of our most prominent clubs is still talking about making a Super League. I mean, I remember even this felt like a joking idea like back a couple of years ago. Like this has been something that's been pretty consistently like whispered about and joked about like, ha, yeah, imagine if there's a Super League. That'd be funny, right? <laughs> and yeah. The, the, the fact that it's been able to come out is crazy. And I didn't know that he's been talking about this since 09 because, I mean, you know, I was eight years old back then. I wasn't following sports as avidly. So the fact that this has been in the works for such a long time, and this is something he's probably been flirting with all these, uh, like, owners and whatnot about is crazy to, to me. And then the other uh, statement, one statement that came out today, uh, something in regards to what UEFA plans to do is UEFA plans to, you know, punish players for these actions, including possibly banning them from international competition, where, what, which what we'll get into. Um, but he said that even if these players can't play in, you know, international competitions such as the World Cup, he said, end quote, we will make our own World Cup. Can I just say how incredible I find that statement? Do you imagine... Yeah the gall that you have to have to just come out and say that and think we're, we have more than enough needed to just make another world cup. Exactly. I mean, how you can, how do you even do that? You have 12 teams in this league. You don't have enough players for that. I mean, what are you going to have? How, how many nations would you say are represented by uh, this? If you wanted to make world cup teams in Florentino Perez's super league, you could probably only make four. You could probably make oh, Spain, England, probably France, and then I would assume Italy. Wow. Um, that's, that's probably the only so four would you be could fun. actually be able to do. So, <laughs> so what you're saying is they would they would create their own World Cup quote, and they would maybe have to employ players from other leagues to yeah. not play and other national teams to ditch FIFA and join them. Yep. Now, look, if this look I, again, I'm not much of a soccer person, but I do understand that FIFA can be a very terrible organization. So mm-hmm. if it if, the, if this brings the downfall of FIFA, you know what? I'm I'm all for it. But I, I can't imagine how you can just straight up say, oh, yeah, well, we don't need the World Cup. We'll just we'll just make our own thing. Like it's the biggest international competition uh, yep. in the world. And I'm pretty sure it, it's the most watched sporting event of all time. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, how do you how, how do you compete with that? How do you just say, oh yeah, we don't need you? That that's that's the part to me where it's I mean, like, I mean, okay, man, maybe you're, yeah. I know you're rich, but you might be a little bit over your head. Yeah, it's a little bit of an audacious quote. It's it's a little he's a little bold for his britches there. That's blasphemous, as Stephen A. Smith would say. <laughs> absolutely blasphemous. I do agree. Um, but that's some of the craziness of Florentino just it, it shows not only how long this has been thought about by him specifically, but with how long he's thought about it, he has been able to come uh, like 
it that's to me the scary thing of it is the fact of this has been in the woodworks for so long that now if they have these broadcasting um broadcasting media signed up for it already it almost feels like it's just bound to happen though it really shouldn't i mean and like you said the amount of time that it has taken and the backlash that it has and mixed with that sort of statement it really just shows you i mean this is a billionaire that is out of touch and of course all billionaires are some form of out of touch but i think this is just kind of another version of that on display i mean and to be able to release it so suddenly too like nobody expected this to happen there was no leaks on this getting like you know reported this weekend i mean there is just overwhelming fan outrage there's protest players and managers and other clubs have spoken out against it so it just goes to show that the rich of the rich and the top uh teams in soccer in the world uh are just out of touch with what with where their sport is going and even as a person that doesn't follow the sport it does look sad i mean just think about that think about baseball and like teams like the yankees and the dodgers and that crop just kind of left everyone else behind for the supposed leaders and like franchise brands of the sport, that type of leadership, I mean, it's just sad to see them be so out of touch with what everyone else thinks is the right thing to do and the right way to go about things. And speaking of specifically the world as well, I would definitely want to get into before I talk about, you know, even my thoughts on this uh, specifically is UEFA's response to this. So, first of all, as it came out instantly yesterday as a surprise, um, I, though I will say, I think there was one Twitter thread that talked about it, which was very intriguing when I found it. But I digress. UEFA and FIFA instantly denounced it. And they've denounced it to the fact of there's the two big things moving forward. First of all, of the teams that are remaining in Champions League and Europa League, there is going to be talk as of this Friday if those teams are going to be kicked out of those tournaments, you know, as the fact of uh, there's so the you're not allowed to, uh, based off like the UEFA articles and whatnot, be able to compete in another league that is not licensed by UEFA or FIFA. And if you do, then you're forfeiting your rights to their leagues. I, I think that is the gist of it. But of the teams in the semifinals of your uh, Champions League in Europa, there are five of the eight teams uh, that could be out. Those teams being Manchester City, Chelsea, and Real Madrid, all in Champions League. And then in the Europa League, you have Manchester United, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's Arsenal as well. So there could be, even as of this season, um, huge, huge, huge uh, implications for the Champions League. Though something, as we've been talking, I have seen that there was a report of if the three teams that uh, in the Champions League, Chelsea, Real Madrid, and Man City, if they are, in fact, to be kicked out of it, they already have replacements lined up in Borussia Dortmund, Bayern Munich, and Porto. And I don't remember if Porto played in the last round. However, I do know, and I'll I'll actually make sure to see if Porto, Porto was in the last round. So the three teams that get knocked out, are, would be instantly back in in place of those teams. Porto lost to Chelsea, Bayern lost to PS. Uh, well, actually, Bayern lost to PSG, so uh, I guess they'd just be getting back in off a whim. And Dortmund lost to Manchester City. Actually, Liverpool was one of the other teams in the quarterfinals, which is why that Liverpool wouldn't have been involved. So um, 
I mean, it, if this does go through, I will say that I think, and I think you would agree that this would be the teams that make the most sense since they were the three teams that were there in the quarterfinals that would not have already been banned. So we're just talking about moving teams back into Champions League contention who lost previously because the other teams are disqualified rather than just giving the teams currently in the semis a free pass to the finals. Yes. Well, I mean, if you did that in the Champions League, PSG would just become automatic champions. Automatic champions because three teams are, (laughs) I mean, then it makes sense uh, if they want to go ahead and do that because they're going to ban these teams from Champions League play. I mean, it I mean it'd, be interest, it'd be interesting from the PSG fans' perspective because it's like, okay, well, why do we have to play teams that already lost? You know what I'm saying? But Oh, yeah. No, for, for PSG fans, I get it. But I think this – if these teams get banned, I think this is 100% going to go through just because of uh, – I mean, we, we, we talked about it so many times, media and money. So the fact – Absolutely, that yeah. You're not, you're not just going to cancel the semifinals and finals of the Champions League. Yeah, you're, you're, you're not going to go to – You're absolutely right. Sports networks and say, "Hey, sorry, these teams kind of backed out. No, I don't know. They're making some weird, like, rich, rich click over there. And <laughs> they're they're making a they're anything. making a yacht club. They're making a yeah, yacht yeah. club, little rich boys club <laughs> over there. They're basically making a yacht club out of our uh, soccer organization. So we're just we're we're just gonna crown PSG. And if if you want, you could uh host a celebration of that over the you know five times. If you want to, you get a PSG celebrations." I mean, when you think about it, they're just calling everyone else poor. That's basically what they're, they're saying. They're saying they are a bunch of high school girls, and they're saying you can't sit with us. That's what they. Yeah. That's what this whole thing is. That's basically what I'm reading into yeah, this. Yeah, it's it's very childish. I I do agree. It's very sad. Um, but I will say, I mean, no matter what happens, this is obviously a lot to pay attention to. Uh, and hey, if Bayern Munich gets back in it, I kind of like them, so woo. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> right, right. I mean, um, so look, I we've been talking a lot, and I think a lot of people know what your thoughts are on this, but is there anything else you want to just, like, dive into regarding your thoughts? I mean, you've been captaining the ship the whole time, and I've been happy to come along for the ride, but what what else do you have for us? I mean, what, what really oh, I, is, oh, I want to. what yeah, are the thoughts? A things couple other closing remarks for UEFA and I will definitely give you my whole response. So for UEFA to close it out. Um, so as we talked about the fact that they could be out of the champions league, I want to completely clarify what exactly would happen if the super league goes through, if the super league goes through currently, what will happen is these teams will be banned from UEFA slash FIFA competitions. What does that mean? These teams cannot play in their domestic leagues, the big six in the premier league out of here. Uh, you cannot play in the Champions League Europa. We've already talked about that those teams might get banned Champions League Europa. Um, all, like already, they're, they're going to have a meeting this Friday about it. And the last thing, which is huge, the players would also be banned from international competition, which they specifically mark the World Cup because it's the biggest. But I think that would also include Euros. Uh, I, I would assume, eh, I could be wrong on this, but maybe that could include uh, the like CONCACAF Cup um, it can include, you know, I think a variety of cups, but really the big one would be the World Cup and the Euros. Um, but then the last uh, couple points specifically here. So the it has been proposed today and supposedly accepted that by 2024, the Champions League, you know, as, as I said, the Super League uh, setup sounds very similar to the Champions League. 
the Champions League setup for 2024 sounds very similar to what the Super League proposed. What is it? A 36-team league format with an eight-team knockout coming at the end. Both divisions have eight-team knockouts, but this time it is triple the amount of teams. So it's basically exactly what the Europa League or the Super League is proposed to be, but just longer. So you can have more games, more money involved, and then towards the end you get the best eight of those teams and they uh, run it in the traditional knockout to the championship. So I, I, I like the idea behind it. It's just a matter of the fact of it's basically you have one that's big and inclusive and one that's small and not inclusive to really anyone but the rich teams, it seems like. Uh, and then finally, to also even add thoughts from the president himself, uh, UEFA president, um, uh, uh, Sheffrin, I'm not as good with his last name, but he's had two uh, things specifically to say about players, which is he talked about that he was a criminal lawyer for 24 years and then what uh, Ed Woodward did to him over this past weekend when he even brought up like this type of stuff with him was, you know, things that he hasn't seen before, almost calling him a criminal, it seems like. And then on top of that, he is also uh, talks about the owner of uh, Juventus, and he has seen the, said that he's never seen a person lie so many times as persistently as he did. And it shows that greed allows all human values to evaporate, which I 100% agree with. It's bad, but it's two harsh quotes from the president here. Um, and then to even go beyond UEFA, Boris Johnson and Prince William of England have already opposed this, saying it's bad for the footballing culture and, you know, British government is getting involved. So, yeah, uh, I did not expect Boris Johnson to say anything about this. But so, so let me just ask you real quick then, because mm -hmm. UEFA is making this big threat regarding international play. And I guess this just needs a clarifying question for me. So the last World Cup, the top four finishers, France, Croatia, Belgium, England, those are all UEFA teams. Does UEFA get money for World Cup finishes? Because it would, if they do, it would feel like it would be in their interest to let these players for these European clubs to continue to play in international games. Are they? Is UEFA thinking that by making these sort of threats regarding international play, that these players will just up and leave their clubs that they're assigned to? to try and play somewhere else, request transfers uh, to try and make this league shut down? Is it, Do you think UEFA is making this I, plan here? I think that is 100% the goal of UEFA. Um, if we go into FIFA in particular, uh, I will, I'll give you like the actual, like the description of FIFA, which is it is a nonprofit organization which describes itself as an international governing body of association football. Um so, yeah, I mean, though I do, I'm pretty sure every single board member makes profit. Um, I, I don't think they specifically profit like uh, Champions League itself. I'm not as well versed in that, so I can't really confirm or deny um, that. But yes, I think UEFA's whole goal here is this, it puts an onus on the players to rather than sit back and let the club end owners uh like the owners and uefa and fifa duke it out i think this is actually going to make it to where though they would have probably talked about it anyways i think this is going to make it to where the players are going to feel a lot more inclined because pride of a football player even before making a big club is playing for your country that's one of the biggest prides in making the world cup and euros and whatnot so i i do expect to see a lot 
of that stuff starting to come out as we keep moving forward. I will say, seeing the reaction to this has been very interesting to me because a lot of negativity is coming from fans of these teams. Now, naturally, these teams are more popular, so they have more fans. Mm -hmm. But seeing the amount of outrage from a lot of people who support their club, but then seeing their club in the Super League and being mad at them, I, I think that's very interesting to me. And soccer fans are different. I don't know what it would be like if, say, a college football Super League happened. I don't know if fans of Alabama and Georgia and LSU and Oklahoma and Ohio State and the rest, I don't know how upset they would be that this uh, purity of the game was being ruined per se. So yeah. I think the difference in fandoms in Europe versus here in the United States is, is very interesting to me. I'm very intrigued by uh, the very negative response that we're getting from basically everyone regarding this move. It's for the fans. A big thing of this is all about that history. It's the biggest thing. And basically what these owners are doing is to the fans. And this is kind of my view as well as they're spitting on history and they're saying, we just want to make profit off of what you love and we know that you're going to watch. So shut up and watch our league. We don't care about what you want. So then I guess this is a follow-up for you. Do you think fans will be able to band together? And do you think this is something that is destined to flop? Or do you think that it's almost too big to fail? The fact that all of these are some of the most valuable teams in the world. Uh, do you think that fans will be able to get their message across of, hey, we don't like this and this thing will just become an anomaly in a couple of years? Or do you think that this is here to stay? It's a great question. Um, it very much depends on the fan. I think you could have casual fans that don't mind as much. And th those the, the casual fans that haven't been following the teams deeply are like, oh, we can play the big teams every single week. Oh, I'd love to follow that. I'd love to go to the stadium. But fans who are deeply invested in their teams, fans like, and we aren't even talking about just the teams that are involved in this league. I'm, I would also be talking about fans that are involved in the leagues just themselves. To me, this event in general is going to bring some of these, like, you know, you'll, you'll say quote unquote blood rivalries and whatnot. And rivalries in England are so different than to the US. Like, those rivalries get dirty. And, you know, like Arsenal and Tottenham fans, like they can't even be in the, like, I, I think there's been quotes, like they can't even be in the same pub as each other. Like it basically becomes like territorial. Like oh, when you add alcohol into the equation, I'm pretty sure that you can't put any opposing factions in the same room as one another, but I get your point. Yeah. So, but to me, this event to me would see even the most avid of Tottenham haters and Arsenal haters come together and shake hands and want to disband this. That's how big this is. That's how much it is. I mean, like, like as, as big of the rivalries as they are, like you, you see things not specifically in England, but you've seen like in other uh, sports countries, particularly like, I, I think Croatia has been one of the bigger ones. I could be wrong, but there's some other small European nations where, They'll even like set fires during games and they'll toss flares on the pitch and everything. Like it gets crazy for wow. European rivalries. It's, it's ludicrous what people can do um, and what people can get, a, get away with um, as fans. But 
like rivalries are so deep and i just think that this crosses rivalries as, as i said this is the thing that's based off history this is the thing that's honestly though you you think it's an exaggeration it's genuinely like this could cripple the sport for years to come because of what it does because of what it's meant to be doing as, what do as you, you said, think uh, I, I do want to ask you a question here as you said sure. so um you know you know the big six premier league teams how many teams can you name outside of the big six premier league teams all right well uh Geez, I mean, I've at least looked at some tables before, so I can give it a shot. Um, Aston Villa, is, I, is that the correct pronunciation, or is it Villa? Oh, uh, yep, yep. Okay. Uh, Wolves, West yep. Ham. Yep. Um, man, you're, you're, you're pushing me a little bit here. Oh, uh, Leicester City, like you said. There you go. Uh, honestly, I, I, think, I think that's the extent of what, what I can do for you. So that's four. Yeah, okay. I, I doubt I could. I doubt I could name any two teams out of the Bundesliga other than Dortmund and Bayern, though. Yep, and that's four of. Tw- that's so you know ten of twenty of the Premier League teams. If I was to ask you on La Liga, I, I would assume that you really have nothing other than Madrid and Barca. Yep, that's all I got. Uh, I, would, I would also assume the same outside of Juve oh, and Milan. Uh, Valencia, that's a thing, right? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, man, I'm just out of the loop on these. But yeah, so I mean, like you can name a team here and there, yeah. But like, there's not like these are the big teams. This is like when when you talk about big matches for these domestic leagues. At the end of the day, these are your big matches. These are your like quote unquote money matches. Whenever you right. have a Manchester derby, a North London derby, a Madrid derby, um, uh, El Clasico, that is your title match. That is where you want. All the fans, whether it's uh, fans of those teams, fans in general, fans that don't even watch your league, that's what you're promoting. That's the match of, you know, the, the fall and the match of the spring. Um, because they, you know, they'll play a couple times. Maybe, you know, like, I think the max could even be like five if you get lucky. But they're, it's huge matches. And the fact that they're all going to get pulled out of this league, you can only name four of the Premier League teams, which means that six of the promoted from the second league in England. And if you only know four of the teams outside of the big six, then you only know four of the 20 rather than 10 of the 20. So it just becomes, right. you you have less brand name. You have less of the top players currently, but I mean, I, I, I think that those players aren't going to stick around if this goes through, but. Um, okay. So you don't. So let me, let me ask you this then. So if this was to continue and let's put a caveat that, the players do stay with their clubs and they do participate in the super league. Do you think that this could, cause the whole overarching theme of this is that this could be maybe the doomsday scenario is that this is the end of European football. What? Like, do you honestly think that leagues like the premier league and others could suffer enough without their top brands that they just straight up maybe have to maybe default or at least shrink a little bit. What what do you think uh, about that? Um, yeah, I, I think these leagues could possibly have to shrink because there's such huge profits between those uh, teams. Um, as I said, they're the money draws. Um, I mean, sure, over time, like, like you know, the, the, the Premier League Big Six hasn't always been the Big Six. Manchester City is a very recent team into that, and that was because they got all the 
you know, quote unquote oil money. And then with that, they were able to win like, you know, I think four Premier League titles over the past 10, 11 years. So like with that, they've really just like been this year involved. Sure. So like, like, I guess you could make like West Ham United the face of the Premier League. You, You really could. But at the end of the day, they still don't have that name brand like some of the teams in there. Like really the historical teams that are in there are AC Milan, Juventus, I would say Real and Barcelona, Manchester United. And then, you know, you, I guess you could pull a London team. The, like those, the, the teams that I even named there, those are the icon teams. Those are the teams that have been consistently dominant, have been dominant for decades and are big name brands. And as we talked about earlier, they're top 10 financial clubs like in the world with uh, NFL and NBA teams included. So yeah, this would take a lot and it would be very surprising if these domestic leagues were really able to rebound properly. Um, if the players stayed, but I think the scenario, I think we need to talk about where I don't, I mean, I don't know if you fully agree or disagree, but it's the fact of, I just think the players would up and leave most of them at least. So then let, let me ask you this the international ban happens. Mm -hmm. Could this be something as early as the next world cup next year as 2022 in Qatar? I mean, are we going to see a world cup? What do you think the level of quality will be without some of the top name players in the world? Do you think that the world cup will truly be a diminished product without all of its stars? I think the world cup is a slightly different story because of how many teams and how many nations are involved and the fact of you don't, you don't have the all-star of every single nation on all these teams. I, I could be wrong. I haven't completely fully thought like about it, but like, uh, eh, well, for example, Lewandowski's with uh, Bayern Munich. He's the all-star Poland. Kylian yes. Mbappe is with PSG, all-star France. Neymar, all-star Brazil. Um, Luka Modric's he, on uh, Real Madrid still, right? He's Croatia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but... I mean, at the, at the end of the day, like, sh- sure, if these players were to stay on the, the teams, that would be an issue. But I just genuinely think that these players aren't going to stay. Because, as I've said, the, the, the dream for players is to play for their international team. Um, and I, I will say, I do think that old players could stay in this league. If this league goes through, I could see Ronaldo stay. I could see Messi stay. I could see Aguero stay. I could see a lot of those big-name guys staying because they don't – really have anything else to prove in their career right they're at the tail end and they could maybe make some money with it they're at the tail end and they're already making a boatload of money and they'd make even more particularly if a lot of these other players left so sure i i think old players could stay but young players like marcus rashford for manchester united um and other english uh englishmen like phil foden uh, you can see someone who he's not quite like in the thirties yet, but he's close. Kevin De Bruyne with uh, Manchester City. Uh, I mean, so on and so forth. You have the Americans that are in this competition: Weston McKinney, Serginio Des, Christian Pulisic. I can see them all leaving because, the, as I said, at the end of the day, I think international competition is valued more than club because these clubs are amazing to play for. But the World Cup is so special, and if you're not able to play in the World Cup, that's probably one of the most devastating things a player could have taken away from them. So let me ask you this, because at the end of the day, when it comes down to these sports and sticking up to owners, 
fans can't really do a whole lot. Sure, ticket revenue uh, can go down, ratings can go down, but still some owners just don't have a clue. The main driving force behind change in a lot of these instances can be players. And we've seen that. We've seen Major League Baseball have numerous strikes. We've seen players strikes for the NFL, NBA, what have you, lockouts. Does soccer, particularly European soccer, do they have that players union? Do they have a union culture there where players will be willing to, across leagues, across clubs, come to get, come together, make agreements and say, we're not playing in this do you think that this is something that will actually happen? What do you think is the likelihood of, say, the Super League actually playing a season? Do you think that this will be successful in, say, a year one? Do you think it will even get off the ground? That's a great question. Um, I think a big I mean, if players, if players aren't going to stay on, then what's the purpose of these owners still moving forward with this instead of just not backing out automatically and saying, you know what, this is wrong. Players aren't going to do it. We're not going to have our premier, our premier names. They're threatening to transfer. Uh, they're threatening to go to the MLS, stuff like that. But yeah, I would love that. <laughs> oh, man, I'd love that too. Look, if this bans international competition for pretty much, say, 50% of all international competition, I mean, and that means America can actually get out of a knockout stage. Wow, get, get, I would love that. Rackford and KDB to DC United. <laughs> give me give me Messi and Ronaldo to the Columbus crew <laughs> would love to see that good lord particularly after what Columbus crew went through a couple of years ago good lord that'd be incredible you I mean that? I, that was I a, don't know man I don't know they're just they, they're, they the, went through- they're the team they're the team that because Detroit couldn't win an MLS team they're the team that gets broadcast here and I don't understand it because I'm yeah. not going to drive five hours to Columbus to go watch an MLS match but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the short story of it is that Columbus crew uh, tried to ditch Columbus and try to go, I think, either Houston or Austin. They didn't. And then they stayed. I mean, I don't want to do I don't need to make this sound like a dig at Columbus, but I can understand what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, they have a very passionate fan base and uh, they were very mad about it. And at the end of the day, I think they kind of sucked back up to the fan base. We're like, oh, we're sorry. And, you know, now we have Austin FC. So things were able to work out in the end, but uh, no, I, I, I just don't think players are going to want to stay because of this. Uh, as I said, I think you make a great point on the player union. I don't think there is a specific player union, which I think is an issue. I think that's something that should probably be talked about by FIFA and UEFA if it isn't there already, because I don't know if something like this would have actually gone down if the player union was, you know, a thing. I think it's just mostly players talking about it and you have the voices in this league that are going to stand up to it. Um, Rashford, as I've said a lot, uh, he was someone back like in October who uh, was the one that was basically quote unquote feeding kids in Britain and whatnot and sticking up to Boris Johnson and giving him uh, like sticking it to him basically. And Rashford's 22. He's a great young leader of the footballing world. Um, And you, you have some other great ones up there as well. I mean, I can't think of them all, but I think, and this isn't even a bias thing on my team. I just think that Rashford has that personality of he would definitely be one of the ones to lead in this and say, I'm not doing it. I don't care how much love, uh, love I have for this club. The fact that Blazers driving us into this position, I, I want to play for the country. I want to be able to represent my country. Um, and you're, But you're going to have a lot of players that are going to feel those same things. As I've talked about, and I've read full quotes, um, Under Herrera has come out. He's with PSG, um, and he's made a good, great statement Tony Cruz on Real Madrid has made a great statement. Um, 
on this. And as I've said, I think the really old players could stay just because end of their career, get a lot of money. Um, they, they're not as worried about international competition. I mean, hell, Messi's already retired from Argentina once and then he came back. So why would he care to retire again and just get a lot of money? So, but I, I think the young players, they're really going to be the big factor. Um, and I think even the English teams are going to be a big factor because let's say, for example, the young English players on these teams, since a lot of these teams have to have a lot of English players, say that they're not going to do this and they quit and they try to cancel their contracts and everything, and, or if not, they like have a stakeout or whatever. Um, that's half of your league. That's half of your league. And a lot of the talented players on those teams up and leaving because they don't want to compete in what they think is a BS. So if half of your league is already depleted, why wouldn't other young stud players want to say, yeah, I'm not going to do it as well. Right. Uh, sort of leading by example, those top names uh, of the sport, if they came out against it, it would make sense that a lot of others would follow. Uh, is there a timetable at the moment that you are aware of as to when this sort of would start? I mean, is this something that could start up in the next few months? <laughs> it's funny that you say that because Florentino Perez wants this to start as soon as possible with the plan of it being this August. Oh, wow. Yep. And I mean, not participating in domestic leagues. So what, are we going to just see 15 teams duke it out over the course of a couple months and then they have their postseason? What's the what's the plan here in terms well, of uh, building a season? As I've said, the plan for them would be to play midweeks and to basically play throughout the duration of a season, kind of like what the Champions League does. And then I'm pretty sure you have an eight-team knockout stage until you have the champion. So I think it'd go the same way. It's just rather than having um, – a possible like three games in a week or on average two games in a week teams that compete in the super league would only have one game a week unless they want to make their schedule stretched since they can't compete in these other competitions then maybe they would have a couple games a week um i mean i don't know how many times you'd expect for each team to play i mean the normal course of a season is like 40 odd games for a team uh for a team traditionally so I mean, I guess you can see each of these teams play against each other three times, and then maybe you go into a knockout stage. That, that'd probably be my expectation. Hmm. Okay. I, I mean, it'll just be some more news that we'll keep up with as uh, more and more rolls out about it. I mean, as of now, do you think that there's anything else that we would need to touch on uh, that is sort of a major development in this? Or do you think that for today, that's a good place to end it, and we I just think- look forward to the future? We need to look forward to the future, but I um, ultimately, I think the final thoughts on this are, this is going to be something that is going to get talked about all the way up until the season end. And I would probably even say for the first month or two of the summer. And I think maybe even in late June to, I would probably say mid-July, I would not be surprised if this gets called off and it's massive changes to UEFA. I wouldn't be surprised if the Champions League uh, 2024 setup gets pushed up to an earlier year. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, there's some FFP, uh, some financial fair play changes to where then these big clubs can spend more money. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if there are other, um, maybe not benefits for those clubs in general, but things to where it's 
to where the, the, the financial rule of those clubs could take over just that little bit more. And I don't know if that's how big of a change that's going to be, but if financial fair play gets expanded, you can spend way more in a window. Like you could see some huge moves this summer if uh, the Super League falls through. So you think that this could end up just being a bargaining chip for these billionaire owners to just kind of strong arm these leagues that, and tell them, hey, you need us. We don't need you. We'll do our own thing unless. So you think that maybe in the next coming months we could get something where these owners say, hey, we'll come back to the domestic leagues. We'll get rid of this whole Super League idea. But you have to let us spend more money. Yeah, I mean, they're going to get penalized and stuff, of course. Like, surely they will. But, like, at the end of the day, I look at this, and though it is very scary now, and it is something that has me very scared for the future, obviously the team I support, the team I love, my favorite team of, like, all sports is in this currently, and our owner is in this. I hate Joel Glazer for this. Um, (laughs) More than I already did. (laughs) But um, at – like the end of the day, I look at this like the FFP uh, financial fair play um, it, like issues that came to Chelsea and Manchester City in the past, where Manchester City was meant to be banned from two Champions Leagues, and then they like had no punishment. They were just I think kicked out of one of the Champions Leagues, and then Chelsea was meant to not be able to spend for four transfer windows, and then uh, UEFA was like, and eh, we'll, we'll we'll just hold you to one transfer window. You can you can spend money now. Um, but you just can't have those players. You have to spend money for like next window. So what ultimately seemed like it was going to be huge punishments became slaps on the wrist. And I think at the end of the day, that's probably what's going to happen here. It's going to be a little bit bigger of a slap on the wrist than, you know, those situations, but it's ultimately going to be a slap on the wrist for those clubs. And they're going to receive, I think, major benefits uh, moving forward. So that would be my current prediction on it. I mean, just a big, big news drop uh, yesterday. We and we've covered pretty much all of it. Uh, Colborn, thank you, man. That was wow. I, I could not imagine that that much information could have come out in uh, the past twenty four hours. And I mean, we're only we're only going to get more of it. We're only going to get more of it. So much. Yeah, I bet it's been wild. And look, man, whenever we get updates, uh, I'm going to turn to you. You're going to be you're going to be my guy on this. So yeah, I love uh, it. I'm going to need you every step of the way. You're going to be right here with me. <laughs> Hey, hey, up until now, uh, uh, up until uh, Super League's canceled, all I'm going to say is I'm going to up DC United and Austin FC. Those will be my teams from now on. I mean, I guess that's the way to go. Uh, (laughs) And MLS top five league. I think that repercussions for this could be big, or they could just be nothing, and we just kind of laugh at this in a couple months. But, man, it's interesting to see where it goes. And – uh, being in the loop, at least on a little bit of it. Um, at least it makes my timeline a little bit clear. <laughs> of course. So, yeah, uh, I think that's going to do it for today's episode of the 3304 Sports Podcast. A little bit of an emergency episode, I guess I could call it. Uh, Colborn, I want to thank you again for a riveting, riveting commentary and riveting uh, facts. Just he, he was he was bringing it today, folks. So I want to <laughs> thank you all for listening. I want to remind you, all of you that Our most recent episode is up on Anchor and Spotify. Uh, We talked a little bit of uh, Champions League and some NFL draft. And be on the lookout. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at 3304sports for updates because with the NFL draft coming up, we're going to be pumping out a lot more content. 
we look forward to having you there in the future. So for today's episode of the 3304 Sports Podcast, joined alongside me was Colby Bergstrom. I'm Dan Steinbach. I want to thank you all for listening. Have a great day and take care. Thank you.